Welcome to the Open Table Podcast, the podcast that provides a platform for young adults to share their perspectives and experiences and raise awareness on topics that continue to impact our lives. My name is Unique Williams, and I am the host and creator of Open Table Podcast. This is a safe space to comfortably talk about pretty much anything, and it also serves as a forum to challenge us to go beyond our comfort zones by creating a dialogue that can spark steps to resolutions, whether it be from life, relationships, and faith, to starting careers or personal development. This podcast will be an open table, and you will hear it all in my solo episodes and group discussions. Welcome to the Open Table Podcast. Welcome to another episode of Open Table Podcast. And yes, and so today I wanted to talk about something a little bit different, um, and that is traveling abroad. And so I know that um, a lot of us only really know what's around us. I know for myself, I haven't really been outside of the U.S., I've only been to like three states here, so I've got a lot, a lot of ground to cover first, but um, I do know, I see, yeah, <laughs> I do see a lot of people who, you know, go outside of the country and, you know, whether if it's like for a job opportunity or just to, to travel and see the world. And so um, I decided to bring um, an old friend from college on here so she could talk about her experience and what it's like living abroad, traveling abroad. So if you could just tell us a little bit about yourself, your name, who you are, where you're from, and where you're currently now. Okay. Well, hi, I'm Dora Miles. <laughs> I'm 24 years old. I am currently a teacher, and I am living in Shanghai, China. Wow, Shanghai, China. I hope I'm saying it right. Shanghai, right? Yeah, Shanghai. Shanghai. Hi. <laughs> <Shanghai>. Okay. <laughs> All right. Good. So um, that actually kind of answered my first question as far as like where you're currently living right now. Um, so you're currently living in Shanghai, China. Um, where else have you traveled? Is that the only place that you've been so far outside of the U.S.? So okay. while I've been, I've been living in Shanghai this whole time. Okay. But um, the entire time I've been living in China, I have traveled throughout China. So I've traveled through to other provinces in China. I've been to Beijing. Mm-hmm. I've been to um, Xi'an. I've been to Harbin, Nanjing, Hangzhou, Shuzhou, Ningbo. And then um, I also went to Hong Kong, which, you know, Hong mm-hmm. Kong is still China, but it's not mainland, yeah. so it's a little different. Okay. Um, very westernized. And then I also went to Thailand and Tokyo and Taiwan. Wow, that is a lot of places. And I'm so I'm I'm pretty sure you've got a lot of great experiences from there, just seeing a lot of different places. Um, but what made you decide to um travel to go to all the way to Shanghai, China? Um, so it's like really random. <laughs> so my best friend, after she graduated from um Austin. She graduated um, a year after I did, actually. Well, technically a year after I did. Mm -hmm. She just didn't know what she wanted to do after college. And she Mm -hmm. wanted to go into education, which I also want to go into education, but in a different way. And she saw this random ad for this company, like, come teach in China. And so Mm -hmm. she applied and she got the job. 
Um, and when she got the job, they sent her this like referral. There's like this referral program that they have. And then so she was like, I want to come to China with me. And during the time, you know, I had just graduated. It was about almost a year since I had graduated. I wasn't really into a real career quite yet. I was still trying to figure it out. So I was like, why not go to China? Like, yeah. I, like, why not go? <laughs> I'm in a relationship. I don't have a big job that I'm tied to. I don't mm-hmm. have big responsibilities. Why not go? Right. So, and we were together until COVID happened. And then she, oh, know, yeah, going back to the U.S. And I've been out here by myself, but okay. um, we're not completely. How has that been? Like, I was going to ask you because, uh, like, that girl, like, a lot ha- has been going on with this pandemic. And, you know, people have said a lot of, like, just very negative things as far as, like, China and, and calling it, like, just ignorant stuff saying it's the Chinese virus. But, like, how how does that make you feel? Like, were you afraid at first, you know, initially finding out about it? And did you even find out maybe about this virus, like, before? Like, because, you know the rest of the world kind of like it, it didn't really impact us until maybe a month or a, a few months later but i know it started pretty early um over there a little bit earlier i think so so, so how did how did you feel during that time were you were you scared <laughs> so we first i first and um other um people at my job like co-workers we found out about the virus first in december Mm. Um, and it was, it went off by, I don't know if you've heard about this, but there was this, uh, there was this, um, like medical worker who was working in one of the, um, hospitals in Wuhan, mm-hmm. who basically was like the whistleblower of this virus. And he spread um. it on WeChat, which is kind of like their way that they communicate and the way that their social media, everything he spread mm-hmm. it on. And so one of our coworkers saw it and he screenshotted his post and he sent it into our group. We have like a WeChat group with all of our coworkers. Mm-hmm. Um, however, you know, it saw that it was in Wuhan and we're like, Wuhan is so far away. Mm-hmm. Everybody just brushed it off. We're like, oh, it's just, it's right. probably just like blue. Like, It'll go away. Americans it's not that bad. Yeah. <laughs> and we're like, it's nothing. It's whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. And then here we came coming into late January, we were going into our, um, our Chinese New Year holiday, Spring Festival, mm-hmm. which is, you know, in Chinese culture, um, you know, the Chinese New Year is Thanksgiving, Christmas, and New Year's combined into one big holiday. Mm-hmm. Wow. They, have, they have other holidays, like small holidays, but this is uh-huh. their big, where they go to travel to see their families. Okay. We, it was getting worse. And it was growing and we were like, oh, this actually seems a little scary. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, I was getting ready to go to Hong Kong. This is when I was going to Hong Kong for Chinese New Year. And I remember a lot of us were getting a little anxious, but we were like, oh, it's okay. And then the mm-hmm. day before I was supposed to fly out to Hong Kong, that's when Wuhan got shut down. Oof. Yeah, and so um, of course, um, you know, the Chinese government, they do feel some type of way towards Hong Kong, which I'm pretty sure you know a little bit about what's been going on in Hong Kong too. And so they were spreading rumors saying there's over a hundred cases in Hong Kong. Hong Kong mm-hmm. is really, really safe, which was not true. And so a lot of my coworkers mm-hmm. were telling me, don't go to Hong Kong, don't go. And of course we, I still went because I really wanted to go to Hong Kong. Mm-hmm. Hong Kong, of course the virus was okay or whatever. 
but then once we were in hong kong that's just when things were going even more because since we were in hong kong we had access to more outside media because you know okay. china um because of its different governmental systems and their censorship mm -hmm. in china in mainland china so we weren't seeing a lot of the outside media sources of course like i use like my vpn to look up sometimes but i'm not constantly mm -hmm. consistently getting updates so while we were in hong kong every day cases were doubling and it was growing wow. and that's when i really realized how serious this was when i actually went to hong kong yeah and my best friend and i because we went together we were freaking out almost yeah. we were having a great time but we were also freaking out at the same yeah. time <laughs> we were like what should we do should we go back to shanghai should we just go back to the states from hong kong mm -hmm. and we didn't even pack enough for hong kong because we only packed for a weekend because we mm -hmm. were only gonna stay there for a weekend and then we were planning on going somewhere else once we got back to mainland china but obviously that didn't happen yeah um, and so we were kind of anxious. And then our, our job, our company, they sent out an email and they extended our holiday for two okay. more weeks. They did um, that like spring break here. They were like, oh, you know, you could stay in the house, you know, for another week or two. <laughs> That's literally what they did for But it was actually days. months. <laughs> yes. And we're technically still on the spring break in some ways. Right. <laughs> um, and so pretty much they sent out um, an email saying that our holiday was extended for two more weeks and we were like well maybe we should just travel mm -hmm. just go somewhere else but my family well, obviously you know everybody was hearing about the virus by then by chinese yeah. media and so they were like no you need to come home mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna be traveling around in asia come right. home because <laughs> other countries in asia had already had a lot of like a lot of cases mm -hmm. they're like home we'll buy your ticket if you want if you they want just to. want you home <laughs> they just want to be home and then more into it i started getting anxious and i hadn't mm -hmm. been home yet i hadn't seen my family since may of 2019 and here we are in january wow. of 2020 so i was like i might as well go home and my best friend she really didn't want to go home because she had just went home in december mm -hmm. and so she was more on the strand of, I want to travel and enjoy my time because this thing might be over in the next few weeks. And I was like, I want to go home and pack. Because <laughs> there's no telling. So I did yeah. go home. Okay. Island. And then she went home. <laughs> okay. <laughs> she ended up staying in the US. I was only planning on being there for two weeks. I was planning mm -hmm. on being there for two weeks of February. Um, and then, of course, the virus just got worse and worse. And then mm -hmm. once I landed in the U.S., maybe two or three days later, the entire city of, I mean, the entire country of China went on lockdown. Oh, my gosh. Um, yeah. And they were on lockdown for two weeks, almost mm -hmm. a month in some ways for some people, depending on which province and which city you were living in. Mm -hmm. um, and so I ended up staying in the U.S. the entire month of February mm -hmm. in the first March and then my company they were really trying to get a lot of the teachers back because they knew obviously things were getting worse everywhere else in the world too right and they knew that the borders would be closing soon and mm -hmm. so they really want all of us to come back and so I came back in March most of my family and friends were not very happy that I decided and that's when it went like right that that's around the time when it got really bad over here it was around that, March right when I landed in China I saw the update that the NBA shut down all their games. Mm -hmm. And you were like, like this I, is real. This, <laughs> this is, is really real. real. Yeah. I came, right, I came back to China right in time because that's when things in America were literally going from zero to 100 so mm -hmm. quickly 
within a week span, things yeah. were getting crazy. And so I obviously that's when I was also being anxious because my contract is only a year with my company. Mm-hmm. So I was like, should I resign? Should I go back in May? I don't know. And at that point, my family's like, just stay in China. It's safer there anyways. Yeah. So then I signed my contract. So now I'm still here. But I should have came back to the U.S. in like May. But mm-hmm. now I won't be coming back for like another. I'm actually coming back to the U.S. within the next week or two for Thanksgiving. Okay. And I'll be yeah. staying after that. But I ended up extending my stay because America got real scary. We're, real st- we're still struggling over here. Like, it, it's a mess. It's It's a mess. Like... Uh, but I'm 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 very glad that you were able to safely go back and forth from mm-hmm. different countries. And did you ever get like sick with the virus, or were you you were completely fine, didn't have any uh, symptoms? Actually, I've never been tested for COVID, so I don't know. Okay, yeah, me neither. Uh, <laughs> we'll see. I wouldn't know me, either. For me to say that as a foreigner in China is a big deal because most foreigners in China have been tested for COVID at least once because they mm-hmm. all had tested when they came back okay. um when i got back it was right before they were doing the mandatory testing okay so when i got back, i just had to do quarantine for two weeks but i didn't have to get tested okay um, but from my understanding i haven't had it i haven't had any symptoms only mm-hmm. two of my co-workers have actually tested positive um okay. one had a more serious case she actually ended up needing to leave because of it and the other one she was she was asymptomatic asystematic or symptomatic mm-hmm. asystematic, the asystematic yeah she never had any symptoms but she tested yeah. and, and it can definitely show up in different ways um mm-hmm. but i know you said um as a foreigner and other foreigners like they had to quarantine or either um I think you said something about like how it was unlikely to hear someone say that they, you know, didn't yeah. have it, didn't get tested, but they were mm-hmm. fine. Um, so as a foreigner in it's Shanghai, 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 China. Yeah. I'm so sorry, I'm messing it up, but Shanghai, China. I'm saying it right, right? That's how you say Shanghai. Okay, yeah. so as a foreigner there, did you ever, before um moving to a different country did you ever think about how you would be treated as an american in another country and also as a black woman as well Mm -hmm. so i never really thought of it because i i always Mm -hmm. wanted to travel but i just i always looked more on the experience experiencing a new culture Mm -hmm. going to a new place side of it i never thought too hard about how I'd be treated being an American and being a black woman on top of that. I never thought of it until I came to China. And when I was coming to China, of course, I feel like every black person does this. We're like, how racist is this country? Right. (laughs) Of course. I'm laughing, but it's the sad truth, though. It It is the sad truth. It is. And I was just seeing very mixed reviews of everything. Some Mm. places some places were saying that Chinese people, they love Black people, blah, blah, blah. And then some are like, nope, they mm-hmm. hate Black people. They think all of us are incompetent and they all think that we're from Africa. Mm-hmm. And it's like, even if I was from Africa, it doesn't mean I'm incompetent, but okay. Right. And, so, and I, I hear like mixed things too, because like I'll be watching a YouTube video and someone's traveled somewhere and they were like, oh my gosh, people loved me. They wanted to take pictures with me and all that stuff. So like I hear... <laughs> A little bit of everything pretty much and it's and that's how i felt it's been a little bit of everything i've had 
I've had situations where I've gone to touristy locations and mm-hmm. people take photos with me and I feel like a celebrity. Yeah. I've had <laughs> lines of children. Like every time I see those TikToks, wow. I should be on TikTok because I could yeah. go like Yeah, because how viral. often it happens. <laughs> how often it happens to me too. They'll mm-hmm. want to take photos with me. They will tell me like in Chinese that I'm so beautiful or that my hair Aww. is so beautiful. But then yeah, I wish the people would be like that over here. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> we need that over here too. We really do. And on the other hand, I have to wear at my job. I have had classes taken away from me because I am black. And wow. I have situations where they will refuse to give me certain leasing in certain places or oh that, especially when COVID happened, it was even more like, because it was mm-hmm. happening all foreigners. I, I was hearing about that. In a certain province in China, mm-hmm. where there's a high population of Black people, it was getting scary. People mm-hmm. were getting evicted, and they were being refused to go into restaurants. It was really scary, wow. especially how much was actually happening to Black people in particular. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially during this time. Literally, like, during the pandemic, we're still mm-hmm. seeing, you know, the deaths of unarmed Black men and women. And so I know that that definitely had to add to the stress that you were already experiencing along with living in a pandemic as well. It was, it sounds like it was just so in your face. Like, I usually, like, hear, um, you know, they'll they'll kind of sugarcoat it. They'll still do the same thing, but they'll sugarcoat it. And like, you know, it, I feel like it, it's a little bit different here, but it's still just as bad. Like you still understand like this is discrimination. I'm experiencing racism just in a completely different setting. Yeah, and that's, and that's how it's been here. And I've only, I've only personally experienced that a few times, of course, but the fact that I've only been in Shanghai for a year and a half and I've experienced it at all. It's yeah. um, and it's it's something that has been really hard just dealing with that feeling of being here during the pandemic and then everything happening back home on top of that. Mm-hmm. It's just it's just been consistently overwhelming because when I'm not on my phone, I feel the tensions of especially when Trump was saying some crazy stuff yeah. about, about China. I felt all that tension of being a foreigner and then also being a black woman. And then when I go on you know, social media and mm-hmm. to see how my friends are doing. All I'm seeing is is my people being killed or my yeah. people being the highest percentage of people dying from this virus. Mm-hmm. And so it's been it's just been very it's been something. <laughs> yes. I can I can't imagine. And and honestly dealing with all of that, how did you how did you um did you get support from anyone? How, what was your source of like support during this time? Um was there anyone that you went to, any friends? family? During this time, mostly, um, I found myself growing closer to my family. Mm-hmm. Um, so my mom and I, my sister and I, we got really close during this time. I got I got from only talking to them maybe two every two weeks to mm-hmm. a couple of times a week. And we would, have, we would, and then sometimes it'd be simple things and we'd be talking about whatever, or sometimes we'd be talking about what it is right now. Mm-hmm. But it's nice to have that conversation and that connection to someone who truly understands because they're both Black women. Mm-hmm. Um, and also with my coworkers too, it's been amazing just seeing the foreign coworkers that I do have, some from America, some from the UK, that have mm-hmm. understood what has been going on in America to people that look like me. And mm-hmm. they have been nothing but supportive the entire time. That's um, great. Even a lot of them have asked me um, just how I feel 
not what can I do, just how I feel about everything that's been going on. And I've been able to, you know, express how overwhelmed all of this has been. And um, they've even told me that, well, you know, I've been reading this book and I suggested this book to this person to that person. And Mm -hmm. I'm not sure if you've already read it, but if you haven't, this might be very helpful for you. They've been, you know, doing little things and not, Mm -hmm. not trying to be on some, you know, um, like, what can I do to make it better? Because at the end of the day, they right, know that they right. have themselves on that, but they've actually been doing that. And instead of putting the burden on me to help them be better, they've actually been trying to support me to get mm-hmm. through this time that our people have been going through. Right. And honestly, that is something that I have noticed myself. And it, it was really surprising to see. It's it's sad to say, but it's it's surprising to see to see, you know, the amount of support that I received and that we have been receiving from um, non-Black people or other people of color. Um, and, and I'm not surprised by like other people of color because they have their own struggles too. They know the struggle. Um, but it was really surprising to see how, like I even noticed on the news, they were talking about racism and, and systemic racism. And I'm like, yo, like I only hear these, like these terms in certain spaces where it's really just us. But now I'm seeing, even like with Biden's recent speech, um, he even talked about that too. And how, you know, basically his goal is to dismantle that and help unite the states. And so, I mean, we, we gonna hold them accountable now. Like yeah. <laughs> we gotta hold them accountable. But it, this is the very first time that I, in my life, I don't know, maybe just, I'm just not like in the news like that, but this is the first time I've really seen um, just how aware people are, how woke people are, and how, <laughs> and how supportive they are during this time. So I really like to see that. It's been um, nice. Yeah, and honestly, um, my next question for you would be, um, as you're living outside of the, the country in Shanghai, China, said it right this time. <laughs> um, you know, what has uh, your experience been as you're immersing yourself in these cultures, um, other cultures, what has that experience been like for you? Is it your living experience different there versus living in the U.S.? How has that been for you? Um, so my living experience in China is definitely very much different than it is back home. Mm-hmm. Um, some really? things I like, some things I don't like. So okay. I, um, obviously not everybody will necessarily agree with this statement, but I like the concept of how everything's like on the digital, like mm-hmm. the digital world here. So I can pay with my phone and mm-hmm. I can just do everything on my phone. Um, delivery for everything is so quick and so fast. And of course, some people don't think that's the best thing in the world. <laughs> I mean, I like I it. it. I like it. <laughs> I like it. Um, and I also um, think it's really interesting how just the different culture of how the the feeling of like community is a lot different here than it is. Mm. So when the like our local teachers, because with my company, there's international teachers and there's also local teachers too. They're Chinese. Mm-hmm. When they they have this feeling of like protection over us, and wow, they are nice. they go out of their way on a daily basis to help us all the time, which is wow. something that I'm not used to back in yeah. the state. Not something. We're very we we're we're very focused on the individual, but in mm-hmm. in in Chinese culture and I feel like a lot of Asian cultures, it's not like that. And mm-hmm. so um just the simplest things, like if I'm trying to figure out something on my phone and I can't, even if the local teacher doesn't understand, she's mm-hmm. still gonna try 
to help me figure it out. Or just they'll go out of their way to spend the entire day with me trying to figure out how to access my Wi-Fi or how to get my phone working or how to find a house. And something that I would not experience back home. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I I, I think it's also just um, obviously the food out here is a lot different than back home too. Like back home, I hated Chinese food. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) The fake Chinese food we have here. So everyone's like, you hate Chinese food. Why are you going to move to China? Uh Um, And then I realized that the Chinese food that we eat in America, not only is it fake Chinese food, it's also fake Chinese food based off of just a small portion of Chinese food. Mm. So, so much other Chinese foods out there. Mm -hmm. And so just eating Chinese food like on a daily basis has been nice because I actually really like Chinese food. Yeah, that's great. I think the only the one of the biggest negative things though difference in my daily life is when it mm-hmm. comes down to the pollution out here. Okay. It it's something else. Oh. It's there there are some days where luckily since we're in Shanghai the pollution doesn't get as bad as it does in other parts of China. But mm-hmm. is it like um, a impacting like the air quality or like how do you see that um show up? It, so it impacts the air quality and the water quality. Mm. So, you know, I'm team natural. So when I'm <laughs> watching my hair, yeah. I, it moved out here. My hair was falling out. I was like, oh my gosh, in my head. It was mm. scary. my skin was insanely terrifying. Oh and the, there's some days where the pollution is bad. You can see how bad it is. Like my eyes start to hurt. So I can't even wear contacts in China oh because goodness. yeah. Um, and so that affects a lot. Just like, mm-hmm. and it's something I've gotten used to obviously, but when I was back in the States in February, I realized how much it really impacts me just being in Houston and obviously being mm-hmm. close to the city, there's still pollution, but it's nothing compared to a wow. city like um, and so obviously I had to get a water filter after mm-hmm. I can't drink water from, from the, from the faucet, which I know some people don't do that, but back home, I definitely drink tap water. Oh yeah, <laughs> I do too. I <laughs> we yeah. keep a jug in the fridge and just refill it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Like why buy a bottle of water when I can just right. drink but in, but in China, I, I can't do that. Like I have yeah. to have bottles of water all the time. And it's just the littlest things, but it's actually like big things too. Mm-hmm. Um, and then with pollutions, I always have to make sure that I'm wearing a mask because if I don't wear a mask, then my then my like respiratory system will get really bad and I'll have like a mm. nasty smoker's cough. Like oh it's, my gosh. Mm. <laughs> That's a lot. That's a lot to deal with. And, and I can imagine it gets expensive having to, you know, just keep up with your health just living in a, in a different country when it comes to the po- dealing with the pollution there um but i'm really glad to hear that you know you have had a lot of great experiences there and so you re- mentioned that um you moved there to teach in china um did you have to learn a new language w- before that or was that required um if not did you ever think about learning a new language while you were there or learning the language that they spoke there so uh in order to teach english in china you do not need to know chinese at all you just i didn't think so but (laughs) yeah but but you never know like some sometimes i know in the states if you want to teach bilingual you need to know like spanish yeah but if you're esl you don't need to know spanish 
Um, and so that's essentially what I'm doing out here. It's not what's well, not ESL, it's like EFL, like English okay. as a foreign language. Um, but I have obviously learned Mandarin um, Chinese, mm. which is dialect of Chinese, which is the most spoken language in the world because you know China has such mm. a high population of people. Yeah. Um, and it's been it's been really hard oh learning gosh. Mandarin. <laughs> I I've been learning it, and I can do the simple things. I can order food. I can tell directions. I can understand mm. most of what they say to me. I can understand my students because they okay. don't say too many new words all the time. Yeah. Um, but it's still difficult when I want to be able to have like a real conversation with someone because mm. it's, because it's the biggest hard thing with learning Mandarin is um, Mandarin is a toned language. I think okay. all, I think all dialects of Chinese are toned language, are mm -hmm. toned, but Mandarin is a toned language. And so what makes it so difficult is I'll be saying a word that I know that I'm saying correctly, but if I'm not saying the correct tone, I'm either okay. saying the wrong word or I'm saying a word that is nothing. And Speaking so gibberish. Lot, <laughs> to them, that's what it sounds like. <laughs> what is she saying? Like, uh -huh. huh? And so it's something a lot of times, like they'll always say Shema, which means mm -hmm. what? And so I'll say something, they're like, Shema, and I'm like, I know I can. <laughs> like, I'm trying, I'm trying. <laughs> and so I have to, like, I, there's a lot of times when I'll do my hand motions because their different tones are with hand motions. Okay. So I, I look so weird when I'm trying to talk to them. So oh, wow. And then they just laugh, but they know that I'm trying. So mm -hmm. they, I feel that they appreciate that I'm trying because I am living yeah. in China. But just in my mindset, I feel like it's very disrespectful to live in a country and expect everyone to tender to my language needs, which yeah. to be fair, I didn't realize how privileged I was growing up in an English speaking country until I left America. Like we have English privilege for sure. Cause English is like the second language everywhere yeah. in Asia. And Every everyone's trying to learn it. Or if you come to the US, you pretty much need to know it. Yeah, yeah. And there's so many languages spoken in the US, but if you don't know English, then you're kind of screwed in certain certain situations. Yeah. And so, and, and you know how in the US, at least in Texas, I can't speak for all of the US, but I know for sure in Texas and in California, for sure, mm -hmm. every secondary language is Spanish everywhere. So you'll see a sign. And if you that see a second, yeah. here, every secondary language is English out here. And that's okay. how it is in Tokyo and in Thailand mm -hmm. and Hong Kong and Taiwan. So everything is secondary in English. So there's a lot of times where it's easy for me to get around because mm -hmm. the, It'll be there will be English, but when it comes to communication to okay. people directly, sometimes people do speak English because more people speak English out here than I expected, which mm -hmm. kind of sucks. I was hoping I could learn Mandarin a lot better. <laughs> but I moved to Shanghai, which is the most international city in China. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people out here speak English. Um, okay. But there are times when I do try because sometimes their English isn't that good and my Chinese isn't that good. So we're speaking mm -hmm. Chingle, Chinese and English. <laughs> <laughs> back and forth to each other to try to communicate. Now I've heard of Spanglish. I have not heard of Chinglish yet. <laughs> I learned but, it. Um, so I'm guessing you would have to use like, do you find yourself using um, or speaking Mandarin um, more in like, say like the local areas, like where there's local like restaurants rather than the touristy type areas there? Um, Kinda, yeah. Mm -hmm. So if I were to go to like a restaurant in the more touristy areas, most likely the waiter speaks English. 
But if I were to go to a gift shop or something, some of them may not speak perfect English, but they speak enough. But in the more, if I'm more further out from the inner city, then less, I'll run into less people that speak English, but I'll still see a lot that do. And even if they don't speak English, they're, they will have maybe a menu that is okay. they wow, know that's that, really nice. That's really nice to have. It's, it, it's nice, yeah. but it fails me because then yeah. I'm not forced. <laughs> Right. Know, you know it. <laughs> yeah, I can definitely see that. Um, so while you've been living in Shanghai, China, um, has this changed your life perspective? Has this changed you in any way, whether that be your life perspective or um, any personal beliefs that you have? Mm-hmm. Um, I feel that, I feel before I came to China, I was a bit of a patient person, mm-hmm. but I feel has made me even more patient mm-hmm. um just because you said more so, impatient or more, more patient more patient more patient okay because yeah. working with kids especially kids that don't understand you mm-hmm. <laughs> takes a lot of patience it takes a lot of patience and I feel like I have became a lot more patient as a person just working with them I feel like I have also became less sensitive about my physical space because mm-hmm. Uh, there's so many people out here, so they don't care. They will be all in your personal space. There's no such thing as personal space. (laughs) No such thing as personal space. They'll be all in your personal space. They bump into you. They'll push you out of the way. And they don't necessarily mean it in an aggressive, you know, malicious way, but they're trying to get you out of the way and you're in your way. Um, I don't know about that. (laughs) Even walking around the street or walking across the street, I feel like I have became more confident just walking across the street without worrying about being hit by a car because the way that mm-hmm. they drive out here they don't like what's a pedestrian they don't care <laughs> <laughs> do they is the traffic like different over there like do they even have like stop signs like stop lights <laughs> any of that <laughs> their their stop signs and their traffic signs out here to me are even more effective than they are back home okay. however play so when that light is green it's green and mm-hmm. they're going they are going so and then they better not go. There's and if they're on their little motorbikes, because a lot of people have bikes, because you know they try to be conservative of mm-hmm. um, their their um, their gas that they put into the air, which they already put a lot out there. But a lot mm-hmm. of people either just the normal bicycles or they'll have their their little electric bikes that they ride. If that light is red, but their light will be green, so they'll just like drive. So I've been almost ran over plenty of times. Oh my. And that's my fault for not paying attention. It's not their fault. <laughs> <laughs> now over here, we're just like, hit me, uh, pay for tuition, <laughs> something. <laughs> the thing is, um, out here, it's kind of the same concept too, because mm-hmm. um, the way that their traffic um, violations work are a lot different. So, you know, mm-hmm. back home, you have a traffic violation, you get a ticket. Here, they have a point system. So every year they have a certain amount of points. And once you do like a, once you have a traffic violation, they take that point away. And so if you get all your points taken away, you get your license taken away. So a lot of times if there is an accident or if there's an issue, they just pay off the person. They don't report it. And if the police get involved. They're trying to get the coins, honey. They're trying to get the coins. (laughs) Yes. And sometimes if the police are involved, they pay off the police. So the police doesn't report it. Like, and so. I know it's actually really funny. So if mm-hmm. I were to get hit, especially me being a foreigner, they will try their absolute best not to cause any problems. I know one time mm-hmm. I was 
riding a normal bicycle and there is an Elema driver, which Elema is the name of their of the big delivery service here. And mm-hmm. Elema driver came and he ran right into me and I flew off my bike, scraped, oh scraped my, my knee. And he comes up to me, which means I'm sorry. And he's picking me up. And then um, he's like going into his wallet to give me. I was like, what is going on? <laughs> what is he doing? <laughs> like I didn't he know I could get paid to get hit over here. <laughs> <laughs> and took off. Wow. And is like maybe forty dollars, but oh. still, five is still a lot because of currency differences. Okay. But it's still a lot, and so I'm like, why did he just give me this money? And when I <laughs> asked another international, they're like, oh, so, and then they explained that to me. I was like, okay. Oh. And so they didn't want me to report anything because it was his fault completely. He was not paying attention. He was like, I'm not trying to get my license taken away. So here's $40. (laughs) I feel like he was probably really low on his points if he just corked up money instantly. Right. (laughs) (laughs) He was like, not today. (laughs) Not today. Well, well, I'm so sorry you got hit. (laughs) I hope you're okay and have recovered (laughs) and doing well since then. You know, at least that's the story you can tell your grandchildren one day. <laughs> Look, let me stop laughing. It's not nice. <laughs> I was fine, though. If anything, I kind of laugh. I laugh about it when I tell the story. But during the time, I was more confused because I didn't even see. Oh. I had no idea what was going on. <laughs> no idea what was going on. <laughs> so after this experience, do you see yourself maybe living in Shanghai permanently could you see yourself living abroad in any other country permanently or would that just be temporarily could you see yourself doing that so i can definitely see myself living abroad again maybe not Mm -hmm. as a permanent thing just because i there's a lot of things about the u.s that i actually enjoy Mm -hmm. um honestly um you know aside from you know certain things that all of us dislike u.s in comparison I, I just, I don't realize how good certain things are in America until I'm, you know, living somewhere else. Um, living in, in China permanently is like a big no for me, just because of the pollution and then different cultural differences. And then the whole concept of having to need a VPN all the time really annoys me. Mm-hmm. Like having to connect my VPN all the time. And then mm-hmm. I don't like the language barrier, even though I could just become, you know, super, super um, fluent in Chinese, Mandarin, mm-hmm. which I don't think I ever will be able to just because it's <laughs> 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 so hard for me to understand. Yeah. But I definitely would love to live abroad again. And mm-hmm. now that I do know Mandarin, like I would love to visit China again in my future as well. Okay. But living abroad permanently, probably not. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, if you could live anywhere else, what would that place be? Would it, it even be anywhere in China or would it be somewhere else around the world? I really, I really want to live somewhere in Europe. I don't know where. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no just somewhere. <laughs> it would just be nice to go to another continent. I've been in Asia and yeah. it's been nice. And I've, yeah. enjoyed, I've enjoyed learning about all of these different cultures, just how mm-hmm. cool it is and you know there's so much more culture outside of the u.s of course which the u.s does have a lot of culture but it's not american culture it's culture of other places mm-hmm. um, and so it'd be nice you know moving to europe and being able to enjoy cultures elsewhere there too and then mm-hmm. learning a little bit of a, a new language there as well it'd be nice but i have no idea where in europe i would want to live to be honest yeah. I 
and I'm sure you'll figure it out. And I can honestly see you like traveling across each continent. I could see that for you. Like I could see you doing that. <laughs> it would be nice. It would yeah. be nice. I just, I just, I do want to settle down eventually in life. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping that when I do, Girl, you're settle, only 24. <laughs> yeah, you've got young. the rest of your life. <laughs> but I understand that though. The, the women in China, they get married a little earlier sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, so they make me feel r- real old. <laughs> now, how, how early are we talking, though? Right. Um, maybe between 22 is around. So it's mm-hmm. not. Okay. Early. It's not like 14 or like anything mm-hmm. like that. Okay. Not that early. Um, and so most of my coworkers are already married. Like most mm-hmm. of the local. The local women are married um okay. and a few of them a few of them aren't but they have like a boyfriend or they have a fiance mm-hmm. so they're gonna be married soon and there's maybe one or two that aren't married or anything mm-hmm. and a lot of people are kind of like why aren't you married yet oh like, gosh i feel like we get that here a lot too <laughs> okay yeah. married then next babies <laughs> yes kind of sort of even to where the kids feel that way because um my one of my co-teachers she's pregnant right now. And then um, our progress advisor, who's like the middleman between us and the parents, they kind of help communication between us and the parents. Mm-hmm. She also, she had a son maybe like two years ago. I think he's like two or three. Um, and so my, the class that we all have together, they randomly asked me one day if I have a baby. And I was like, <laughs> no. Is it like, like, am I showing? Is it like? Or <laughs> a teacher does not have a baby. And they're like, oh, uh-huh. Teacher Jesse has a baby, and Teacher Cherry has a baby. Why don't you have a baby? Oh, I'm like, they all will be in your business. <laughs> and like, the teacher, teacher George, do you have a boyfriend? Are you MRS or MS? I'm like, hold oh. on. <laughs> I am very young. <laughs> mm-hmm. I about teacher Dora is young. I, I am too young to have a baby or too young mm-hmm. to be an MRS. <laughs> teacher Cherry and Teacher Jesse are young, and they have babies. I'm like, oh, my. <laughs> They just they just letting you know like time is ticking, girl. It, it's time to have a baby. <laughs> so speaking of um getting married young and and all of that, um, as far as like you living there, have you didn't done any have you done any dating while you were there? What has that experience been like? Have you uh were they like trying to take pictures with you and treat you like a queen? You're like ebony goddess African chocolate queen. <laughs> you know, I see a lot of crazy stuff over here. Like I'm like, come yeah, on. Now. They, they say they say the crazy stuff out here too. Mm-hmm. I I haven't dated out here at all. Okay. Um I've definitely have had um, some Chinese men flirt with me. Mm-hmm. Um, had even some other foreigners from other countries flirt with me as well. But I haven't dated out here at all. Mm-hmm. You just I've been just, getting in your bag, and that's that's about it. I've just been focusing on myself the entire time. Mm-hmm. I haven't really. I've had like a few maybe possible suitors for like maybe a second. I was like, eh, no. <laughs> there, a lot of the Chinese men that do try to approach to me mm-hmm. don't speak very well English and the language okay. barrier is very difficult for me and and so I've had maybe like one or two that were very attractive and approached mm-hmm. me and then we're trying to communicate and I'm like dang 
This game don't work, baby boy. <laughs> I wish I spoke more Chinese or you spoke more English. Like I wish we had one of the two. If I mean, we well, you've always two, got like Google Translate. Like you could <laughs> Google Translate through a whole date. <laughs> I don't want to. Yeah. I want to be, I think it's also because words of affirmation is one of my biggest love languages. So if I can't like have that communication with you very mm-hmm. well, it's going to be very difficult. We're going to have problems. And the mm-hmm. one thing, direct translation. So you might say something that, and then Google Translate says it says something else, but it's just right. It's either. <laughs> and so that was one reason why I do wish I knew more Chinese because I mm-hmm. could possibly but unfortunately i'm not that strong in my mandarin quite yet (laughs) well um we'll we'll be praying for you and your dating journey and i mean you never know your man might be over there he might be over here in the states you just never know you never Never. know (laughs) so um before we head out i do just want to ask you one last question um and it's really just regarding like tips that you would give, like what tips would you give to someone who's considering living in another country um, or anything that they should be aware of before making that big decision? Because, you know, in my opinion, that is like a big decision to go somewhere else outside of your own country and living there around a different culture and different group of people. Yeah. So I think one big thing is to check on the pollution of Mm. that country. Or that city because pollution like you can have a, a no reaction to it at all or a big reaction like I did obviously mm-hmm. make sure to, if you need a visa and if so like how long you need a visa um, because different countries have different regulations for things um, mm-hmm. outlets one thing I never thought about was outlets because mm. the outlets are different so make sure outlets really? yeah I had no sure. idea see some things that you never think about and then I feel like maybe one fourth thing, which is to some people minor, but I feel like to some people is big, mm-hmm. is their their laws regarding like natural products. Mm-hmm. Because in China, um, um, it's illegal to sell products that are not tested on animals. Okay. And I am um, a vegetarian. I, I live a vegetarian lifestyle. I want to eventually mm-hmm. become one day one day I'm working on it <laughs> and because of that mm-hmm. I can't buy any products here um oh, wow. and so I had to really stock up before I moved to China and then mm-hmm. I always order things on Taobao which is their version of Amazon pretty much out here um okay. but a lot cheaper oh, and that's it, nice but the one thing about Taobao is that certain things so like certain natural hair care products and stuff like that some of it will be either, either too expensive or it will be fake. Like it won't mm. be They'll water it down or oh, wow. they'll be something completely different. So I think that's a big thing too, because if you're going to be living abroad, if you're going to be staying there for more than two weeks, obviously if you're, you can just think, oh, I can just buy that when I get there. You should check to make right. sure because you don't be able to We don't to want buy scammers. <laughs> oh, Look out for that. Don't want that. So I think yeah. those are like, things that you should definitely check on. And then obviously, if you are a person of color to check mm-hmm. some articles to see how they treat certain people from certain places out there too, because mm-hmm. I feel like that'll definitely affect your experience. Right, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, it's been really great having you. And I've definitely learned a lot just based off of your experiences. 
Mm-hmm. I'm glad. I hope other people can learn a little bit from my experiences too. Yeah. Well, thank you so much again for coming on. And this has been another episode of Open Table Podcast. Thank you so, for having me. Thank you. <laughs>